Welcome to the Ride of My Life podcast, The Inner Peace Pilgrimage. I'm Caroline Rena, and here, let the ride inside adventure begin. I will share what it's like on my own inner peace journey, and through what I learn and become aware of, provide insight to your journey as well. Hey everyone, I'm Caroline Rena from the Ride of My Life podcast, and this is my dear friend, Valerie Montgomery. We lost the arm. <laughs> um, I've been staying with Valerie at her home in Colorado Springs for the last 11, almost 11 weeks, about 10 and a half weeks. And what a ride this has been um, on this inner peace pilgrimage. I think that it was... Um, the perfect invitation, even though as projectors we don't really need to be invited by another projector, I think that's the case, but... We're allowed to invite each other. We're allowed to We're supposed to wait for the invitation with all, other people. All the other types. Yes, okay. So anyway, that's human design, and we'll, oh. we're going to bounce back and forth between human design and like normal ride of my life stuff, so this should be interesting as she fades in and out, <laughs> and she's gone. <laughs> It's magic. I'm not doing that. What is this? I don't understand. Anyway, this is part of the fun. So I've been here um, digging deep. Uh, Valerie is uh, a licensed professional counselor. So her background and her experience and her personal knowledge and uh, the, the things that she's learned throughout her life has really helped me um, go through this journey while I've been here. And we started out and we've shared, you know, we kind of uh, helped each other. And it, that's kind of what we wanted to, to talk about. Because when we first got, when I first got here, we did a video on <laughs> two self-projected projectors in human design trying to find a parking space and figuring out what the best course of action was. And I was like, okay, this should be fun. Yeah. So now we're kind of reminiscing and reflecting on all of the things that we've learned and um, come to understand about ourselves, about each other, about human design, about life, about uh, love, whatever. I don't know. This is a free-for-all, so I have no idea what this is going to end up looking like, but where do you want to start? I think what's good for everyone to know is that we didn't really know each other. We met through uh, a mutual uh, human design projector, and then you interviewed me. Shout out to Andrea Goodsaid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, she had been telling me about Valerie, so I started watching videos about Valerie and then suggested that I um, reach out to her, and then I thought Valerie would be a good interview from my season two interviews with people. And so um, I did, and I don't know, I think you followed me kind of watching me a little bit. Well, while way, while guess. you were interviewing me, you had no, asked. This is before. Oh, go ahead. You had asked me in advance, <laughs> like you wanted to what I consider demonstrate something of my work, and so then I thought, oh, let's see if she can demonstrate part of one of my courses, which is process poetry. So before you get into that. What was your draw? Because this is prior to us even interviewing. So when Andrea kind of got us thinking about each other, what was your draw to me? You wanted to interview me. That was the only thing. You weren't yeah. watching me at all. No. On, oh, I thought she said you were. Okay, never mind. No. So I was well, I listened to a couple of your early podcasts about 
trying to find a vehicle and how to outfit it. And, you know, I, I listened to a little bit of it, but it wasn't until you, I've been trying to branch out of the counseling office, right? Or I've been branching out of the counseling office in the mm -hmm. second business that I've been working on developing. And so, okay, so now let's get back. Yeah. So there's mm -hmm. like yeah. when you wanted to interview me and then we had that pre-interview conversation and I was like, this could be really cool. And then you made me think, how could you demonstrate something? And that's when I decided, ooh, you can demonstrate part of my process poetry course, which you did. And then you guys can watch the interview to see what happened. That's um, episode 11 in season two. Is that correct? Yes. I think so. Yes. And so that was like, and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, because we do have a lot in common. We have a lot that's different because... I want to say human design is the science of differentiation, but we're both self-projected projectors. We're about the same age. We have a fourth line in common. And to explain what a fourth line a fourth is. line is like a natural pigtail connection to people. So the people that are going to be right or correct for us are going to be people that are introduced to us through our network. It's not like we're going to go off grid and find people who don't know us at all or know some of our connections. Okay. So. Sorry, I had to do not disturb my phone. Um, yeah, so I mean, I'm going to ask you if you say anything in human design because it's not all human design people watching, so just in case. But yeah, and it's really interesting how we um, kind of connected, you know, from that interview, I, I really, I mean, my intention with the interviews, all of the interviews, was to experience um, how the other person did their work and how they help people. I wanted to kind of show it on, on camera, on video, um, what that looked like. And even with the opportunity that I had to walk through it, and if I broke down, that was okay too. And, you know, having somebody like Valerie to, to support that was huge, you know, and that was a huge breakthrough for me when, when we did the um, the process poetry. So you gotta experience, especially if you're a writer, you need to experience this process poetry. I'm not telling you what to do, I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> yeah, so, and I think yeah. what we decided at the beginning was to create a container of safety so mm -hmm. we could each work on things that came up because of the mirror of each other. While we're, I'm here. While you were here. here. And yeah. then we also are both in the healing space mm -hmm. in different with different backgrounds and different capacities and different, you know, missions and mm -hmm. visions and callings. But we had a lot in common. We both like to take photographs. We both like to collect rocks. <laughs> we both like to do, you know, like spiritual quests of quests, sorts. Oracles. You know, so so it's been really cool. And, yeah. You know, I have a Christian background. You have a Jewish background. So we've had some really cool um, experience based on our shared history. And then we've also gotten to experience, I've gotten to experience what it's like to have a self-projector projector around. And I have a lot more uh, compassion for people who are around me. <laughs> It was, yeah, and it was really interesting because, you know, we're never really taught how to be in relationship with people. We kind of have to figure that out on our, on our own as we're healing. At least that's what I've discovered. So can I and, say what a self-projector projector is? Oh, uh, right. I should have asked Well, that. a self-projector projector <laughs> is someone who comes to their decisions through talking 
and we talk things out and it's not like the other the people who are listening um, need to fix it or have ideas or tell us what to do because that impedes our process our process is to hear what feels true for us and to come to a decision based off of what we're saying I mean I don't ever put that out as an intention I think it's to uncover more and more about who I am oh okay because I that's mine I always figure things out oh I, that's your defined yeah. head right defined so head. I don't so that's so we thing. have <laughs> we have three defined centers in common mm -hmm. which is the G the throat and the Ajna but I have an undefined head she has a defined head so we had fun with that as well mm -hmm. yeah yeah so like the defined head for me is like have you ever seen the emoji with the head exploding that that's like if you're not in your center <laughs> that's what a defined head feels like a lot because you're constantly I'm constantly da, 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 trying to discover new things and piece things together and look things up and lots of information lots of information where the undefined head don't care about all that information well, and then me, we're like oh, oh, okay, for me it try. shows up as eh, I don't need to know that well and that's interesting because the not self this is what i what i'm thinking happens the not self of valerie's undefined head bashes up against the not self of my head my yeah. defined head and um it's like she doesn't need to know that but i need to say it or look it up and i and i don't feel heard if she doesn't need to know it so we had to kind of walk well through we came up early too. we came up with an, a solution all yeah. you needed to hear was i don't know and that worked it was incredible that <laughs> and was i was like <laughs> that's the key yeah to yeah, yeah. just because if my undefined head the question the not self question is am i trying to answer everybody else's questions so she would ask a question and I would go off on all these like tangential pieces of information that I knew. And and it wasn't helping her. She didn't feel heard. It was getting worse. Yeah. She was getting like, like I could see her coming at me. Well, because right. my head was starting to get crowded with information I didn't feel like I was asking for. And then that's where the whole explosion <laughs> thing happens. It's like, wait, stop. You're telling me things I don't know. I don't want to know that. So <laughs> throughout <laughs> the time, if she asked a question, there was one time I was watching a special uh, on television telling you about it. And you thought that I should. I felt like you thought that I should have looked at it the way you would look at it so you had this question uh -huh. about it that I would have never approached watching the same show with and so you you kept trying to get me to answer your question and it wasn't part of my experience the answer that I think you were looking for well and that's the that's the interesting key the the, the word experience because it seems like an undefined head, and I'm guessing this is something I'm learning in the moment right now, but it seems like an undefined head goes with the experience because there's nothing that, that it want, cares about really grasping onto or understanding. Where a defined head, it's not just about the experience, it's about the information as well as an experience, I guess. I mean, that's what it feels like to me. Well, so I'm like, a unique ah. individual, Yeah. Well, so I yeah. also have my own reasons and how mm -hmm. I'm how I experience anything that I'm aware of or unaware of actually subconsciously so so it was you know we, we came up against each other a lot
but we also supported each other when one of us was going to address something we'd never addressed in relationship before mm -hmm. we would stop and the other one would give support mm -hmm. and that was interesting and challenging for me because and and there's a similarity here but valerie can speak for her her own experiences um with my mother wound uh i was never able to really get connected with women and so this has been a very interesting thing because I've, you know, um, I've had roommates who were women before and that didn't always work out so great, but I didn't know how to adjust myself and they didn't understand me. And, you know, and we both made the effort even through the wound, you know, for me to start to recognize, oh, wow, there is support and love and, um, you know, companionship and all this stuff in relationship with another woman and I'm like oh god oh I can do that yeah uh-huh it was a transmutative experience uh, yeah yeah and I think that well some of the things that I addressed would not have been able to be addressed on my own because we're really not meant to be doing work on our own we're mm -hmm. meant to have an attached other which would be originally a loving, attuned, regulated mother and a father and a community, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, and so sometimes that gets, um, it's not available. Mm -hmm. And so it's really hard then to accept interdependent support. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I feel now that that's what's happening. It's like, what were the words I used? It was, um, anxious oh so there's there's the insecure types of attachment which are anxious avoidant ambivalent and disorganized is both of those and then there was another one that would also begin with an a it's an anti-dependent i don't know anyway but there were there were <laughs> what it was like being in this space of either being when you're anxious you want to be in or in the relationship the avoidant, it was avoidant. It wasn't, there was no other word when I read it. So it didn't, there's my brain, there's my mind doing its thing. Um, so the avoidant is where I, I ended up. And in this process being here, I came to that interdependent spot, space and note and recognize that now I can like relate to, um, to Valerie in a different way than I've done with people in my life male or female and that's been the huge experience for me here um, because and let me tell you something it wasn't a pretty picture in some cases we're <laughs> working through this stuff I mean here I'll go through it I've done it before it's the tears the snot and the sweat and it's like Wah! you know and grief a lot of grief it was like um, I went through like things and Valerie would stand there and hold my space and vice versa and learning about each other and how we do things and learning how to support each other became that center that centered um space for me and I, you'd have to speak for yourself it seems like you've gotten a different perspective I have another topic <laughs> we'll finish this one and then we'll move on this is the this is the undefined head finish this topic Why? since we're on a, we're on I don't a want to. podcast <laughs> Just finish this. So where are you feeling within that? And then we can I move to on tell, to the next I have topic. I to tell you about the excitement. 
of like connecting her to people I know. Okay, we'll do that in a second. Just finish your input. About what? About what we're finishing. Do you feel more centered, more So centered? I think the period of time that we've spent together will continue to unfold mm -hmm. in its um, gravity and uh, depth. And I think that you're leaving tomorrow. We, that's important to say. And so there's been, uh, it's like this capsule of time and you know it's gonna it's almost like um, like the spiral that unfolds gradually mm -hmm. it's gonna continue to unfold over time yes I can look in my journal yes I can look in my writings in other places or um, I know it's shifted some things for me if that's what you yeah yeah, you're I just looking for. Well, the, I don't know I mean, what you're looking for. Sometimes people like to, I, I do, like to know about a result. You know, I mean, we walk through all this. Do you feel the same? Do you feel different? Do you feel like choking her sometimes? Do you feel, you know, what, what how do you feel right now? Do you feel like you've, you've experienced a shift? Do you feel. That's what I just said. Right. That, well, that's what, what the, okay. that's what I was getting at. So okay. that, that's, so we, you answer the question. It was just uh -huh. like, I want people to see that, you know, and it does take a relationship. It's it, you can do it by yourself. It's possible, but it's so much more profound when you're in relationship with somebody to walk through the healing process. Um, and so, some of our trauma has involved people, and so some mm -hmm. people are anti-dependent, and they're really um, allergic to people. And so it's it it it, it is yeah, like I that, know. you know. It's I, like, and so it takes a lot of well, healing to be able to attach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but the attach is a healthy attachment now. It doesn't feel like I'm the desperation. Attachment just is a secure feeling where you don't feel like you're going to lose yourself in relationship to another self. Yes, and that's where yeah, and we've been so, in that. Okay. So that's a good that's a good that's thing because if I said attach and other people think that's bad. So there's there's dependent childhood. There's um, there can be anti-dependent adolescence. But ultimately healthy is interdependent mm -hmm. where you can ask for your needs and wants to be met yeah. And, yeah. and then people can decide whether they can help or not. Yep. And that for me that has not been an option throughout my life and now it is and I'm grateful so what was the next thing you wanted to jump oh to? it was so much fun <laughs> like connecting her to people in my um, network mm -hmm. and so the fourth line and um, and to see her excited um, or to make a connection you know like they were like it was happening yesterday you know they were looking at each other and I'm just like ah, this is so fun yeah you know because um, you know to connect her with people that I already know or that she gets to have a different relationship with because she's different and I'm different from her and so and I didn't even know these things were gonna occur I mean I might have this intuition like ooh, I think this person you need to meet because you're asking me questions I don't know the answers to and so I'm like I know a person who can answer those questions mm -hmm. and um, and then I'm like oh thank goodness you can answer that question she, you can ask this question and you guys can do this and I'm just watching now uh -huh. and it's like <laughs> defined head relief again you know like yeah. oh my gosh I don't know that answer and I can't pretend to know that answer and so um, <laughs> it's my experiment to not give an answer to something that isn't my question. Mm -hmm. 
So that's been the tricky part in this, because I think the hardest part for us is the defined and the undefined head, more so even than the, than the um, conditioning or the trauma or, yeah, well, that too. I mean, that kind of goes in with the defined head too, because I've had a challenge with- I don't think they're the same. I have a sixth line, Mm -hmm. and because my sixth line is a role model, um, I'm also an observer, so I'm like, how does that work? If I'm a role model, aren't people supposed to be watching me? Why am I observing? You know, but I kind of walked through that and it became, hopefully this is a good answer, but um, it kind of became me observing systems and situations and people. And I think that also got, <laughs> got into the undefined space over on Valerie's side. Um, but trying to observe things uh, because she's not interested. Like, I'll, I love looking at everything. Like, I'll see a baby on the side of the road, somebody's walking, or a dog, or what, or whatever, you know, and she's like, you know, and that's fine, because that's how she's designed, and I'm designed to observe, you know? So that kind of gave us some things to play around with and work with to, to work through um, to figure things out, because I didn't even understand that, because I kept trying to figure out, as a role model, how is it that people are going to see me, you know, because if I'm not being observed, then I'm just kind of flailing out in la-la land, just hanging out and watching things happen and nobody's watching me. So I'm like, wait, no, that's not really true. So my discovery was um, as an observation, as I observe my life happening around me, inside, outside of me, I share that. And the sharing becomes the role modeling. And that made sense to me up here. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know where, you know, I had no idea where this was going to go, how it was going to go. And I feel like it's, um, I feel like it's a, it's shifted. For me, it's shifted all kinds of stuff. So as I leave Colorado, I don't know what's coming, but I'm not afraid of it anymore. I used to have a fear of the unknown and learning between, you know, the human design thing and my own healing process and with healing with her, with Valerie through her healing process and understanding how her world works in conjunction with mine or not, you know, was very helpful to me to see things about myself that I wasn't aware of. So real quick, I'm going to bring this up and you can jump in if you want about the, about to explain it. But it's like when we grow up in a family system, that's all we know. It's like a cocoon. We see how all this stuff is happening in front of us or to us or to us or whatever. And um, being in there, we don't know what's on the outside of that door, the house that we live in. And so when we come outside of it, we look at, you know, when we experience or run into things with other people, we're coming from our own perspective of where we've grown up and it, it's like this because we're like no i'm right and no i'm right and it's like no neither one of us are right it's just our perspective and so coming through that and understanding and being able to learn how to be compassionate and empathetic with people because they're also going through uh something and they they have that saying um what walk in, uh walk in a man's moccasins or shoes I can't remember what it is but anyway if you've never experienced what someone else has experienced you don't know what that feels like and 
if you get to work with someone through an experience, then you get a you get a bit you know a perceptive experience of what that we feels call like that too. counts like a felt sense. God. There you go. That's we what, we that's get what to feel, <laughs> you know, what it feels like in mm -hmm. a holistic, whole person. Because you experience it, like I teach the body, right? The body, soul, mind, and spirit. And so when you do it in relationship, mm -hmm. it's, it's like you get an opportunity to transmute it. And, yeah. Can you explain what transmute? Because I don't. Um, really know so what that means. to me, transmute means taking something that's been a wound and making it into the gold in the fixed pot pottery. So, ooh, I like that because my favorite comparison is kintsugi, which is Japanese, which they take a bowl, a broken bowl, and they put it back together with gold, and that's what it feels like in the heart with that. Mm -hmm. Well, part of, I believe part of the reason that I'm effective in my work is because I've been working on myself and mm -hmm. it's been longer than I've been doing this, you know, my, my second career. Um, and so it's really, um, it's, it's me being with them in a space that maybe they've never felt with before and they haven't felt um welcomed in their own experience mm -hmm. in a deep way in their body mind mm -hmm. soul and spirit mm -hmm. yeah. and yeah i, I want to give an example of that really quick for you know some of you may have heard this story when i was uh visiting my mother in new mexico like six years ago or whatever um i was I had learned something called A's to B's in a personal development course. And basically what that is, is just looking deeply in, into someone's eyes and giving them unconditional love, just sharing the energy of love. And when I went to see her, um, I was under the impression that she was not going to live past, very much past when I was with her. And she ended up hanging around for like two years after that. But the, her chaplain was in the room with us sitting there. And I did that with her and she kept looking at me and giving me this weird look and I'm like, I just kept looking at her and loving her, you know, and just being there, whatever, just being present with her. And my mother had an accent, so she kept going, what are you doing? What are you doing? I don't know. What are you doing? That's what that is because she never, she, she was a second generation Holocaust survivor. Plenty of PTSD in her life. Something happened to her aside from the uh, World War II, whatever was going on when they were um, in Czechoslovakia. Something happened to her. I don't know what that is. I never, never knew. But she was so split. The, the right word to mm -hmm. use. She was so split apart that she didn't even know what love looked like. And when I was doing that, so the chaplain, that's the reason I brought her up, chimed in and she said, she's just loving you. And I, and I just, I'm like, ah, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and, and, but I hadn't, I'd done some forgiveness work on her at that point, but I hadn't like really healed more, more like I am at this point. <laughs> that was the hardest thing I, I'd ever done in my life. And at that time, and, um, yeah, so I think that kind of gives an example. If you've never had that experience of love, how do you how do you even connect with it? You know, until you've broken through into your heart 
and, and broken the, the bowl, <laughs> you know, shattered through the illusions, doing all this work and um, finding that love within self and then being able to see it within somebody else, you know, so. Mm -hmm. It's like taking something that you experienced and using it as a, as a superpower mm -hmm. of connection and grace. Yeah. Basically. Yes. Yes. That's it. And that for me, that's, I like how you said that because for me, that's what it feels like to be doing this podcast to role model that after walking through my own and understanding others and, you know, doing, doing my best. Sometimes it doesn't always work, you know, um, but learning the process of love, mm -hmm. you know, so. Yeah. And I, I want to say that I think love is like allowing you to be you and me to be me mm -hmm. and staying in relationship connection yeah rather than wanting to choke the other person because you want to be right i mean <laughs> i've been there before <laughs> i can go there i don't want to go there i don't want to hurt you, i don't want to choke you, you well okay. in the <laughs> definition of love you you went there oh right but okay. that's maybe to give people the 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 I don't know, the experience of what it's not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because we all know what it's... Well, we all... We all <laughs> that's an intro. Hold on. We don't cognitively know what it's not, but we behave like, like we know what it's not. And we don't know how to not know that until we heal. We behave oh. the way we've, <laughs> we've created our neural pathways through our childhood development and our epigenetic trauma experience and, and our own birth and pre-birth trauma mm -hmm. and we think that's our personality i'm just saying so there's no a, well that's not it is but it's not there's a lot are. there it's not who we truly are that's what i want to say well and, that, and that's what we're both here to help people with yes yeah is to understand who they really deeply are and not what they had to do to survive Right. And the deep, the depth of this goes into like the whole reason I'm doing the inner peace pilgrimage. What's inside of who we really are is peace, joy, contentment, calm. You know, that's who we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be connected with other human beings in, in a healthy way and not so, you know, angry and obsessed with being angry at other people. It's like, look at you got I learned to look in my own backyard first because I started to discover that I was the one who was coming to the table through every relationship that I had. I was, I, that was me, you know, so however the other showed up was a reflection of me. So well, until we've cleaned up the slime of our relationships <laughs> and our history, yeah. we're going into our future with the slime mm -hmm. like cords holding us back. That's right. And yeah. so we just want to be free and live our truth and, live the wholeness of, of who we are mm -hmm. in our uniqueness. And sometimes there's been an imprint, like one of those cookie imprints, um, a cookie press on our life when things have happened that we make immature decisions about that run the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. And some, and just to clarify, sometimes when, when you say immature decisions, sometimes these cookie cutter things get stamped in when we're kids and we don't know we're making it. Um, immature decisions it's just locked in our system at that point and we don't we know they're operating it. because yeah, it was so simple you know mm -hmm. when something happened to me at eight I might have decided 
I can do it all myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do everything myself. I have to do everything myself. Whatever the little decision or belief was that we created with an immature nervous system. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That. Okay. She said. So anyway, was there anything else no. you wanted to cover? I think we went through quite a bit. Um, yeah, but thanks for watching. Thanks for being part of this. You know, I don't know what's coming next. I know, you know, I'm leaving tomorrow. I'll share another video on my ride as I'm driving, um, which everybody, people seem to really like those. So... <laughs> Stay tuned and we'll see what happens on that one. But um, thank and you. And also, can I say reach out if you have questions for us? Yeah, absolutely. I Go mean, ahead. There might be some stuff that you're like, what was she talking about? Right yeah. There? Or like, oh, hmm, that's interesting to me. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, I'd encourage you to reach out. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, we're both, you know, if something registers or resonates with you, we're here. Um, and I really can't think of anything else to say because I think my head's on uh, <laughs> overload mode, <laughs> which it does. So again, just want to thank you for being here. Um, have a great moment wherever you are. And uh, that's about it. Peace. Bye. Bye.